Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Victoria Benton Frank is the author of My Magnolia Summer, a novel. Victoria was born in New York City, raised in Montclair, New Jersey, but considers herself to have dual residency in the Low Country. She is a graduate of the College of Charleston and the French Culinary Institute. Victoria worked in restaurants in New York before returning to Charleston, South Carolina, which she considers home with her husband, two kids, and two dogs. When she isn't writing, she is reading, cooking, or chasing her children. Some of you may know her late mother, Dorothy Benton Frank. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss my Magnolia Summer, which for those who are just listening, I'm holding my multiple copies. I even have more of these books. <laughs> I have, I'm overflowing with, with 
copy. So it is amazing <laughs> because I love the color pink and this fabulous fun cover. And so it's a perfect summer book and cover and thing to have around the house. So there you go. <laughs> cheery. It's cheery. So tell listeners what My Magnolia Summer is about, please. Okay. So My Magnolia Summer is about a girl named Magnolia who decided to pursue being a chef in New York, which is loosely based on my life. So she inherits a restaurant from her grandmother, which is on Sullivan's Island in the low country of South Carolina. And it's a multi-generational story about women who rise to the occasion in normal events through trials and tribulations, uh, relationships and balancing work life and home life. And there's a little bit of a love story in it. And I think you know, I went on, I went on friends in fiction and they asked me what my book is really about. And I think it's about succumbing to your destiny. I think no matter what you do in the end of, end of the world, like you can make your choices, but you're really not driving the boat. So sometimes (laughs) like, that's how it is. I, I feel like that's what happened to Maggie. And that's kind of what happened to me too, becoming a writer. So, you know, semi autobiographical without even meaning to be. I mean, it's hard to get completely away from ourselves. So we are who we are. I mean, yes, exactly. It it sneaks in, you know, what are we going to do? Absolutely. I think you just uh, surrender. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to copy friends in fiction. What is your book really about? All right. I'll try to practice that question. I like that question though, because, you know, when you give your elevator pitch, like it's a multi-generational story, Southern fiction about a girl coming of age in her late twenties. And that's all nice, but like what it's really about is surrendering to your destiny. It's true. Okay. How have you surrendered to your destiny and how did you fight it? Becoming a writer. I think, I think I was a storyteller my whole life. I started out as a dancer and then I was an actress and then I was a chef all the while. My mother was telling me, you're going to be a writer. You're going to be a writer. You're going to be a writer. And I fought it by trying other things, but in a way I was always telling a story. You know, you can tell a story with dance. You can tell a story obviously as an actor. I did a little playwriting. So obviously that was telling stories. Even as a chef, you know, food tells a story about place and where you come from and and how you live your life. And so I think when I sat down to write my book, it was like, I should have been there all along. So when I started it, I didn't think I'd be very good at it or that anyone else would think I was good at it or that I would even really enjoy it. But here I am really into it, really loving it. And I'm in love with it. I I don't think I could do anything else. And my mother always knew I'd be a writer. (laughs) Well, your mother (laughs) is not just an all-knowing mother, but was the beloved, treasured uh, Dorothea Benton, Frank, Dottie. And by the way, my husband, Kyle, used to live in Charleston and actually lived on Sullivan's Island and said oh, that wow. he was with, I was reading this the other night and he said, oh my gosh, you know, I met a famous author on Sullivan's Island once, or I met her somewhere. And a friend that he had been with had brought her to your mom's house and she was on the porch and he like was like, oh, okay, an author. He's like, that was before I knew you and I didn't really care about books. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he met her on the porch and so nice. that was so cool. It's great. Yeah, she's anyway. she was a cool lady. Yes, Super. by all accounts. I read mm-hmm. um, the tribute book that everyone that oh. was published. Oh my gosh, last year I was crying. Last year or two years ago? Um, two years ago, I think it two was. Two years ago, Adriana like, I mean, I can't believe... Look, losing your mother is horrible, right? And I don't think anyone really truly grows up until you do because you lose your safety net. But having the world 
the professional world, my professional world, not only welcomed me in, but helped me send that off to see was, was really lovely. And I don't know of another situation where other authors came together. And what a testimony to my mother for being such a lovely person that some, some of those people could even be considered her competitors. They all instead turned and they were like, no friends, you know, we're friends, water rises all boats. Like let's honor this woman who paved the way. And I think my mom challenged other people with her work and inspired other people and warmed their hearts and, was such a good friend and an ally to other female writers that when she passed away, everyone's like, let's do this. And I just, you know, I gained friends from that. Like Adriana is a really good friend of mine now. And it was through that storytelling that we became friends. It's just, I love that books bring women together, not just in book clubs, but also, you know, through things like this, which is so cool. It's amazing. You couldn't read that book or look on social or look anywhere without feeling the intense love everybody re- love, reverence for. You really got a sense of who your mom was, which most people only get, you know, if you pop into someone else's funeral or something. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the it's like a eulogy forever. And um, yep. I left feeling like I really knew her, which is yeah. wonderful. Because I mean, what else do you want? But anyway, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's so oh, thank you. Awful. Thank I know you. it happened quickly, and I'm I'm just you know, I'm very sorry. Um, was, thank you. But it's okay. You know, I feel like you know, in my situation right now, which is really unique, I get to herald on the legacy, which is yeah. so cool. And what a privilege to be able to do that. I think I'm keeping her alive this way. So. It's actually, I'm not sad anymore. I'm, I mean, of course I'm sad, but I'm more peaceful with it. I feel like my grief and I have a understanding, Uh (laughs) and you know, I deal with it when, I mean, like even yesterday I had a moment that I got misty, but I'm with her and she's with me and it's cool. It's good. It's, it's a positive thing. So were you afraid, I'm just projecting here, were you afraid to step into her shadows or try to fill her shoes as a writer yourself? Do you feel like that had anything to do with your not wanting to admit that deep down that's who you are? Or do you think it was just, you know, writing needs experiences to feed it and you just had to get out there and do stuff? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I think we're all afraid of turning into our mothers at some level, you know, although like, thank God I'm kind of like Dottie because she's, amazing. And I think I also didn't feel like I had lived enough. I kind of wanted to go, I feel like writing, I've always been such a reader. I'm such a reader before I'm anything else. I'm a reader. And and that's how I fill my cup. So I respect books. And so I felt like I was such a young punk. I didn't know anything. And I needed to live and, and experience things a little bit before I sat down to write a novel that other people could, you know, connect with. You're also a huge supporter of other authors, perhaps, you know, inheriting yeah. your mom's, you know, graciousness. But even on your Instagram, you're just constantly calling out other people from Viola Shipman to Kristen yeah. Nett, brand new author who All I'm doing as well. I mean, you're just so yes. It's really wonderful. Well, you know, I think it's a sorority in a way. It's a sisterhood. I call it the coven. I mean, like we are all like really linked. Um, a lot of, especially with your situation, moms don't have that. When you, when I learned the name of your podcast, I was like, that's me because I I struggled. How was I going to read with these little kids, these monsters <laughs> running around and needing me all the time? So I got into audiobooks because I couldn't give up reading. And mm-hmm. I think 
certain certain authors probably don't need my plug. Like Alice Hoffman, who I worship, her book came out yesterday. She doesn't need my plug, but I'm going to give it to her anyway because I love it so much and I want other people to fall in love with reading. It does. It's I'm such an evangelist for reading in general because I just think it is so beneficial to us and it gets us away from screens and it gets us time to be quiet and it's personal time, you know, and as a mom, you really need that time to shut up (laughs) and just let your brain bloom. Yeah. If we can call the timeouts from parenting blooming brains. I mean, that's like on a good day, maybe that would be nice. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Mine's usually melting out of my ears, (laughs) right into my wine glass. Like I just can't, God, some days are so hard. Today was my daughter's first day of school and my son's kindergarten on Monday. And last night he lost his first tooth. And I feel like bombarded with milestones right now. You know, and I remember you did a post at the beginning of the summer where you were like, I am so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. I decided that post really inspired me that we don't schedule our weekends. I refuse. Because I was like, you know what? We're on the birthday party circuit. It's ridiculous. We're on the activity circuits. It's ridiculous. These kids are overscheduled and overstimulated. And I have too many expectations of myself and others of me in this category of my life. It's really hard to balance both. So we don't do weekends anymore. Amazing. I'm so glad I just joined you. That's literally, my kids are like, I want to go to Sky Zone. I'm like, no, we're going to be lazy today. We're going to sit down. I love it. We're going to read. We're going to play outside. We're not doing, if we all decide we want to go somewhere, cool. But like, it's a, it's a last minute thing. It's not, the schedule like really started overwhelming me. I felt that post. Thank you. For sure. Well, yeah. I'm glad it resonated. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pushback in that, you know, like sometimes yes. I'm like, am I doing my kids a disservice? But we do, we do end up doing like nice, fun things, even if it's just going out to dinner in the neighborhood and like hanging out or seeing friends. Or making or, dinner together, cooking or, making or taking a yes. walk or yeah. just like slow time. Like yeah. I love when my kids or my mom used to tell, I'd be like, I'm bored. She's like, good. That's when creativity blooms. Like that's, yep. you know, that's how you figure out how to make something, you know? And yeah, you, you okay. can, we have to let our kids get bored. Like we can't constantly stimulate them. They have that in school. It's yeah. enough. We do yeah. best and worst at dinner thing. I don't know if you ever do it. What was your best today? What was your worst today? What was yeah. the, the hardest and something else we haven't done it. So I can't remember time. <laughs> most challenging. Sometimes when we're just like going about our business, I call out like, this was my best today, even while it's happening, you know? And that was the, the other day, like all Aww. of us took the dog on a walk, like after dinner, which we don't usually do. Or there were bits yeah. of us, but like, my, I have four kids, four kids, my husband and I, we just like went on this nice walk and it was beautiful. I was like, you guys, this is my best day, you know? <laughs> and it's nothing planned and structured, but like, that's what I live for. All that stuff, you know? That's yeah. And it's those little moments. It's those little moments between the big moments that I think you, you savor. Um, it's certainly what I remember about my mom. Like I don't, it's funny when she passed away, and talking about memories that, that you keep. I remember the birthday parties. I remember the Christmases, but I also remember like the colors of nail polish she'd paint her toes or like her favorite perfume or, you know, how she'd always get excited around Christmas and make a fruitcake, even though everyone hated it and no one wanted to eat it. That was always the situation. It's little moments that you keep with yourself. And I think like just an unplanned evening walk with the dogs. P.S. How are you alive with four children? I can barely make it with two. <laughs> uh, I have a, a goddess. I oh can't do God. that. 
they're not little anymore. I mean, those little days were really, really hard. <laughs> and I do have a big gap. So my older kids are 16. I have 16-year-old twins. And then I have a 10-year-old and an eight and a half-year-old. And the younger kids you are super kids? mature. And yeah. So, and then, and the younger two are 17 months apart. What about your, oh my. What, what do you have? I have six and three and a half. And so they're two years, they're almost to the day, two and a half years apart. And they are, it's hard. I'm in the trench. It's hard. Sure, I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. Although it is changing. Cause now like I can really talk to my son who's six, Teddy, and we can have like real conversations about the day. Like we're starting, what was your best and worst day? And he's starting to learn to read, which is so exciting. I know. And he said the other day, he was like, books are boring if they don't have pictures. I was like, nah, because you can make your own pictures in your mind. You can go anywhere in the world. You can go to outer space. And he was like, you can go to outer space? I was like, yeah, in your imagination. He's like, cool. So now he like wants to read space books. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. I I just, I love watching these little kids become people, you know, it is cool. But bedtime is brutal. It's traumatic. I need like a whole bottle of wine to get over it every night, you know. We went on a sleepover once. I'm sorry, we're totally off the topic of your book here, but we went like we rarely like all stay with another family because they're like so many of us and it's such an imposition and whatever. But we actually did one time at these, you know, family friends. Anyway, we stayed there and the the dad was actually the one putting the kids to bed. And he put two kids to bed and he was just like, Okay, good night. And then he left the room. And I was like, wait a minute, my process is like an hour and a half. And I have to like sit there and I'm on the floor and I'm reading books and and I'm like, you're, they're, you're, they're just going to go to bed now. And he's like, yeah, they're just going to go to bed. That's dad versus mom. And it's the rudest thing in the world. It's like my, <laughs> my husband had the kids. Um, so I could go have a drink with my girlfriend that I hadn't seen in a while. And, um, <laughs> I came home. I was like, oh, is it okay? And he's like, yeah, they're asleep. I'm like, what do you mean? There's no blood. There's no sulfur in the air. <laughs> I don't understand. You know, like, it's just like so strange to me that it's just, they just listen to him. For me, I've got to like sacrifice a baby animal and sing a song and do a rain dance for my children to go to sleep with like melatonin and promises of ice cream in the morning. Like it never (laughs) works. And it takes an hour at least to put two of them down. And now we're like wrestling. Teddy wants to take a shower. So he's out of, we're out of the duel in the bath thing. Cause you know, he's six, it's time. And so getting him in the shower and not like waterboarding him is also a challenge. So like I'm drenched in water. The kids are screaming at each other, you know. I know yeah. this is going to sound so trite, but it's going to get a lot easier really soon. Like before you turn your around, it's like, you know, even the yeah. bath to shower transition is a huge one, right? It's a huge leap. Yeah. Teddy can make his own cereal in the morning. That's a huge leap. Like he makes me a cup of coffee in the morning, which is amazing. And I like love that he does. He's like, this is for you, mommy, to start your, he's a sweet, he is. That is really nice. No, my My daughter is, yeah, my daughter's violent, but he's lovely. (laughs) She has red hair. She's a Sagittarius. She doesn't take any SHIT from anybody. I have a Sagittarius as well. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, you know what they should do? They should make t-shirts instead of. Like they should make like Sagittarius mom or like, you know what I mean? They don't have that, do they? I have to go look. I'll look after this. We could probably get somebody to make you one. I I feel like Sagittarius and Capricorns are the kind of moms you just don't mess with. You know, (laughs) like you just don't, don't mess with them. I'm a Scorpio and I'm so emotional. So like, I'm definitely like, 
a mom, like, and I've got a cancer moon if you really want to get into it. So I'm a triple water sign, which means I'm like super, if you're feeling something, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to work it through. But I am very not, I'm not an emotional person, but like inside I am. So I can channel that really well, which is I think how I'm a writer and a mom, but like I compartmentalize everything. Like I don't cry. And so like, unless something really sweet happens. However, I cried two days ago when my daughter decided to cut all of her hair off right before school started. She took all of the back of her hair and just chopped it. I sobbed. I'm sorry. I didn't handle that well. Oh. <laughs> Mom life. You know, everyone tells me all little girls cut their hair. It's going to grow I back. Thank you. My older daughter did the same thing. I was like out. And yeah. It was, it was, it was not as extreme, but I know all these oh little moments. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well... <laughs> Back to the book, right? Back Jesus. To the book. Um, and I am, by the way, a total crier and FYI, a Leo. But anyway, I don't know what moon I'm in. I could figure so, it out. I have a nap if you need me to. Oh, okay. Great. Oh, you can just check your chart. Text me my horoscope. <laughs> I did have my chart read by somebody who came on this podcast. They were like, can we do a whole reading for you? And I was like, I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's I know, do it. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So part of this book is a love letter to the South, right? It is a place-based love letter. I don't know how to say it. It is very evocative. It's immersive. You feel like you're there, like your hair is, you know, I can feel it like the humidity. You can just feel like, (laughs) and you say like, you feel like a a transplant, even though you're born in New York, New Jersey and all that. And tell me about that and like wanting to put in scene environment as character essentially. And then also the development of these very deep personal relationships and what the effect of loss is on a family. Loaded question. Okay, so part one, uh, space is a character, place is a character, I think is really important. I think in the South, it's exceptionally prevalent in other books. Like I feel like because the South and the Low Country especially is so 
multi-sensual, you can't not write about it. Like, I can't just say it's hot because it's not just hot. It's like boiling your insides hot and it's so humid, you feel like you're cloaked in it. I mean, I feel like I could lift off and climb through it today. It's 110 heat index and it is brutal. Like it's, I go outside, like today's, I took Thea's first day of picture, you know, on my phone and the, it fogged up from going outside to inside. I had to keep wiping it. Brutal. Also, when it's not so hot, it's beautiful. We have these tropical flowers and Spanish moss and warped oak trees and like beautiful oceans and beautiful beaches. And the people are slower and humbled, I think, by the surroundings. I think it makes you live at a different pace. And I also think everyone, including myself, wants to be Southern and is a little bit obsessed with the South. We all are because good food, pretty women, you know, family oriented, a lot of history here and it's gorgeous. So like, why wouldn't we want to be Southern, you know, and and there's something charming about the South too. And, and the way we hold on to architecture and we hold on to buildings and gardens and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not to mention it has a dark, twisted, awful path and history in it too, but that makes it spooky and something to think about and something to feel. So I think that's why I have to write about the South as a character because it is a character. It's it's what motivates people and shapes people here. I grew up in the Northeast, but my family's been in the Low Country for 300 years. So I have, every time I was at home, I never really felt like I fit in. And I came to college here. I went to the College of Charleston and I, I was like, I'm home. This is what home feels like. And I felt like I felt my roots sort of like dig into the earth and and lock me in. Um, I came back to New York to go to uh, culinary school, met my husband and moved back to the South. I was like, screw this, can't do it, can't do it. So yeah, and I think, what was the second part of that question was how loss affects a family? Uh, I mean, you start the book with an accident that that has yeah. deep reverberations and how, how we process that, how it affects different siblings, like how yeah. it you know, filters down. So I think like everybody grieves in their own way. I think everyone handles calamity and, and like crisis in their own way. Some people are, I have a girlfriend who describes it as in the room and out of the room people, like people who are like, okay, someone's dying. I'm going to walk out here and I'm going to make sure dinner's ready. Mm-hmm. That's an out of the room person. And in the rooms, person's like, let me clean up the vomit. Let me sit there with you. See, I'm an in-the-room person. I'm a, like, take the reins, handle it. My brother is an out-of-the-room person. He's like, I can't can't do this. I learned that when my mom was in the hospital. Most people are out-of-the-room people because they can't take it. But I had started this novel way before my mom was even diagnosed. So I have always found it funny how milestones affect families differently, like weddings, baptisms, funerals, sickness, accidents, death, whatever. And I think you can tell a lot about a person by how they handle a crisis. And so it brings out these real inside character descriptions that you wouldn't normally know about someone. So I thought it would be interesting to see how sisters would react to their matriarch going down. When I developed these characters and their relationships with each other, I did opposites of what I normal, like the next question with an interview is always, where did you, you know, did you have a, I don't have a sister. I didn't know my grandmother, my mom and I were close. So I wrote a bad relationship with your mother, what it would be like to be raised by your grandmother and what it would be like to have a sister, you know? So I kind of played with those 
um, relationships because I had always dreamed about those on another on another wavelength. So it's so funny at dinner literally last night we were talking the only person at, at lunch it was at lunch sorry nothing this matters anyway. <laughs> My daughter, my younger daughter was the only one in this group of us who was eating that has an older sister. And we were like, what does that feel like? Like, tell us more yeah. about what that feels like. What is everyday life like having an older sister? Blah, 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 blah. Because yeah. even if it's so close in your midst, if you don't like put yourself in it like you and like envision the relationship and all that, you just don't know. Yeah. I think you're lucky if you have a sister because I think my mom had this great phrase where she would say, if you want something done right, do it yourself or ask another woman. So I think that you have a built-in ally and a teammate for life. You have a general in your army forever. Like girlfriends, relationships that you have with them can be like chosen family. But if you have a sister, like they're not going anywhere. They're always going to be your sister. So I have a brother. We're very different. Um, he lives in Oklahoma. I live in Charleston. We're like totally different people. It's different having a brother, but I I think it would always be special to have a sister. You always want what you don't have, but I love yeah, my grass always green. I have yeah. a brother too, and his name actually is Teddy, like your son. So oh, yeah. I've never met a Teddy I didn't like. That's why I named him Teddy. Oh, I'll have to introduce you sometime. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Teddy's a great name. It is a great name. I love it. <laughs> Are you working on another novel? Yes, ma'am. Every single day. Let's hear about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it it's a sequel to the first one. So I've decided to make it a series. Amazing. Which is exciting. That is exciting. Um, and it's a it's this Violet story. So it's her own coming of age story. That's and awesome. it's I'm loving it. And and I'm I'm really loving how it's coming together. And I'm hoping to finish it very soon so I can publish next year, hopefully. So that's that's the goal. All right. Better get may back or may not make it. I hope I do because my husband says if I don't publish next year, he wants another kid. I'm like, Jesus. I know. We just got him out of diapers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So then it's not going to get easier soon. Wait. Right. So no. you just mentioned every single day. So what is your process? Are you like sitting at your desk at a certain time? Do you have hours you clock in? What do you do? Yeah. I sit, I sit at my desk every day, 10 to four. That doesn't mean I'm always getting stuff done. I mean, realistically, like I, I would love this to be like an assembly line, but creative process just isn't like that. And sometimes I'm not getting the words. And when I don't get the words, I try to do something else related. Like I'll reread what I wrote the day before, or I'll work on my outline, or I'll do some research, or I'll read another author. Sometimes that kind of gets me going. But you know, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, I think I show up at the altar and I hope I have a religious experience every day. The altar being my computer. God doesn't always show up though. Sometimes you're there and you think your prayers aren't going to be answered. When I am working with my editor, it's much more structured and I seem to do much better if I have accountability. So if I have somebody around me, I can do pretty well. I can get it done. I have an outline. I have an overview I work, it's a loose outline, but at least I know where it's going. And I try to do three to six pages a day. That's great. That's yeah, it'll what I try to do. That's great. Good for yeah. you. But, so, and I always feel like I can put garbage on the page because you can always clean it up. No, totally. but you can't clean up a blank page. So you got to put something down. Oh, well, I was just about to ask for advice, but it, that was great advice. Do you have any other advice for aspiring authors? Other advice? Yes. So this, I just learned with this book, which I think is really, it was really helped me when I get to a part in a scene that I'm blanking, like sometimes I'm in a flow and I'll say, Oh, I, I don't know the medical term for that. I'll just type in medical term mm. and I'll move on. 
I don't stop and then research it and come back. I just write it in red. So then I know the next day or when I'm having a day where I'm not being creative, I can go back and fill that in. Sometimes that even expands and I'll be like, enter scene here with conversation between Maggie and Violet um, about this. And I'll just move on to the next thing because a lot of times I find with writing is about maintaining your momentum. If I take too many breaks, like if I take three days off of writing, it's very hard to get back. It's like exercising. It's very hard to get back into the cycle of it. So if you find something that's tripping you up, just write a note for yourself. Come back later. Yep. I think keep removing pressure is what makes it easier for me. Love it. Excellent. That's all I got. I, I mean, I'll take it. It's good. Um, Victoria, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I really hope I get to meet you in person. I feel like we should sit and have a fun lunch or something. I feel like there'd be a lot to talk about. So. Absolutely. I would love it. I, I would love Party it. going. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on your book. And thank you for having me. This was such an honor. Stuff. All right. Well, congrats. Thank you, thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.